Welcome to Marta the Minimalist, a podcast for entrepreneurs like you, looking to minimalize your life, business, and mindset with your host, CEO, speaker, and best-selling author, Marta Saray Greca. Welcome to you, the members of the Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs, where we you get to have the first exclusive look and insights from the weekly episode of Marta the Minimalist. This week's guest is Emily Kimmelman, a best-selling author and an inspiration to all of you who are uh, looking to make your dream income and dream reality come true while doing your passion work. So we're going to, we're going to get some answers on that from her a little bit. And we're going to tell you number one, uh, what one thing you could be doing to elevate your vibrations, um, to naturally attract and just enjoy your life. And number two, how Emily Kimmelman has created an entire series while being a fully present mom to her own kids who currently she's residing in New York. I know a few months ago, I think you were in Philly prior to that you were in, um, Bermuda. And then, and then you've recently applied to schools because you're plotting your next move to Cuba. So, right. I knew I didn't have that right. As soon as it came out of my mouth. Um, but, uh, but before I go on, Emily, tell them about you, what brought you to your journey of what you're doing now. I know that, uh, like me, you are the primary provider while doing your passion work as well for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me how you got here. Well, I love to read. I love stories. And I, in my early 20s, decided I wanted to be an author. And that is takes a while to get that um, money going. So I bartended for a long time. And my husband is actually a glass blower, And so we actually had a gallery together which was like getting an MBA. I was like, oh, this is how you run a business. And that's when I decided I didn't want to ever sell physical products again. (laughs) And, uh, and by then I'd been writing for years. And so, and the self-publishing was kind of starting to happen. This was in 2008, 2009. And then I published my first book in on Kindle in like 2012, 2013. And then I published the next two really fast. And at that time in that market, you could, build an audience. I mean, compared to now, it was, it was so easy to do. And so I did a lot of things, right. I had an email list. I listened to people who had gone before me. And also, I mean, a lot of us were kind of creating this career that now exists. And so, and in some ways I got lucky, but in other ways, I wrote a ton of books as fast as I could that, um, that I loved. I mean, I think that that's important is that I love my books. <laughs> like I write the books I want to read, which is a pretty normal thing to hear from authors is like, you love reading. There's a book you want to read that doesn't exist. So you write it. And luckily for me, other people feel the same way. And so I started publishing books. I started building my audience. And since then I've put out 14 books in the Sydney Rye series. And then I've written some other books under other pen names. And it's just been fantastic. And I think a lot of it was timing luck, but then also just kind of consistently working and publishing. Yeah. And so it's that consistently working and publishing that I find a lot of parents have a hard time with because they, uh, and maybe if this is you, if you're watching this and listening, tell us if you're listening or watching on a platform that allows commenting. Uh, if your brain goes, I will have that success with my passion work when my kids are older. I will have that success and passion work when 
X is finished, I will have that success in, in my, with my passion work and get to travel the world when, um, when, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, I, when I get to retire. Right. Yeah. So Emily, can you tell us two of the key things that you would recommend to somebody who's an entrepreneur, uh, to do if they want to a be fully present and active in their kids' lives? Like I love to, I'm a full-time mom yeah. and, um, and I'm the primary provider still, even though we have a multi-million dollar land development company, there's so much happening there. Um, can you tell them what you feel the two key things are that maybe they might be doing the opposite of? Well, I think one thing is, and this is a struggle for everyone I know, but taking care of yourself as though you are the breadwinner and you are the mom. And actually that's really important that you're okay. So that means going to your yoga class. I mean, one of the things I love about your post is you're like, look at me, I'm relaxing. And <laughs> I love the idea of normalizing, relaxing and like normalizing that downtime and rest. And that, you know, consistency doesn't mean every single day at the same time necessarily. Consistency means that you just don't give up. Maybe you do take that day off. Maybe you do need, like this morning, I usually write in the mornings. This morning was a disaster. Like just everything went sideways and I didn't write. And I think the key with that is don't beat yourself up about it. Like if I don't write and I beat myself up about it, then it takes longer to get back to it. Whereas if I'm like, okay, today didn't happen. Tomorrow will happen. Absolutely. That's still consistency. So I think like forgiveness of yourself and taking care of yourself, which are kind of hard to do because it's not like here, go do this thing on this website or follow this strategy. It's like every single day, like speak kindly to yourself in your mind, <laughs> you know, like don't beat yourself up, which I think, you know, being a mom actually taught me how to do that in a lot of ways, because I started my career before I was a mom. And I would say I'm more consistent and a better businesswoman for being a mother because I had to start prioritizing in a way that I hadn't before, before I had kids, I had the amount of time I had, I look back now and I'm like, wow, I had so much time. <laughs> And now it's like, I want to spend so much of that time with my children. So if I want to also create my work and create my business, I do have to prioritize. I have to choose what really matters. And what really matters is me, my family and my work. And so just keeping that in my mind and being kind to myself. Absolutely. And I have to second that with a little confession as I had blocked off two hours this morning that I was going to work on uh, an offer letter of, uh, and I meditate every morning. You guys, like Emily said, you know, you see my post, I meditate, I, I read, I, whatever, I go for my hikes and get lost in the woods. And so I felt I've been feeling recently divinely called to create this new shorter, uh, program for established female entrepreneurs. That's more, uh, mindset than strategy. Cause I'm, I'm big on strategy, but I set myself, you know, nine to 11 AM and at 9 AM, I was like, I kind of just feel like going to Target for a little bit. <laughs> and I did. But you know, then I came 10 a.m. and I sat down and guess what? Between 10 and 11 a.m., I still got it done. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's that thing on time. And you're like, easy for you guys to say, I don't know what you're drinking or what you're taking, <laughs> but I don't have the time to do what you're saying. I don't have the time to relax. And what Emily, I feel, is saying is, you just create the time and everything else kind of falls into place. Is that right? Yeah, I think you have to create that time because no one is going to create it for you. I mean, in society, they're not like, hey, ladies, take a break. 
that's not the message we're getting. And so we have to create that world where women get to take breaks and take care of ourselves. And the thing is by taking care of ourselves, we are taking care of everyone else. You would never want your child not to take care of themselves in order to take care of you. That sounds crazy, right? Like that's like, you would never want that. So why would your child want you to not take care of you? Like, right. so it's like you have to do it for your kids because then your kids will grow up and take care of themselves. Yeah. It's like yeah. really important that we take care of ourselves. And I think for me, writing fiction is a big part of taking care of myself. If I don't write fiction for three days, I am like a grouchy, unpleasant person to be around. Like oh, yeah. I need that. And so it's something that is very important to me, not just for my work, but for my mental health. And so I, okay. I think it's, that makes it easier in a way and harder because I think sometimes we get into this place of not wanting to take care of ourselves where we just want to solve problems and like, you know, you know, hit our marks. And that's not, I just don't have found that's not how you hit your mark. No. And, like or perhaps if, if you're listening, it's kind of also the opposite. Like you're proud of the fact that you are a helper and that you feel like everybody can count on you and send you a message at 12 AM and you're going to fix it for them. And you're proud of the fact that you are, um, multitasking and you're proud of the fact that you're working hard nonstop 24 seven and, you know, relaxation, what's that? And you're proud of the fact that like, you can't sit still and do nothing. Right. So perhaps acknowledging that and observing that might be the first step for you, but Emily, what, what about your next point? Where are you right now? So I'm in New York for the winter, which is I do not like winter. <laughs> That's I don't mean either. I just I'm not, it, like here's a list of things I like to do in the cold, and it's like a blank slit. <laughs> yeah. So there's like 15 inches of snow on the ground, which actually I do love 15 inches of snow. I think that's really beautiful. Um, I just like there's so many things I'm not going to get into it because it's boring. So, but so I'm basically planning how not to be here next winter. I've recently bought a cottage that I'm turning into a writer studio for myself. And that's one of the other things like when you're talking about like moms working is for me, it's really important to work outside the house. And that's something that I've only started doing in the last year. And as soon as I started doing it, I was like, I can't believe I waited this long. Like, I can't yeah. believe I did that. Yeah. It just felt, um, it, you know what it was? It was like, I wasn't going to give it to myself. Oh, I don't need that. I don't need that. I can write anywhere. I mean, we lived on an airstream for almost three years with my daughter when she was little and I would just go out in the morning and I would dictate and then I would edit in the truck while we were driving to the next location. So it's like, yeah, I can work anywhere, but you know what, working in my own space, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to say whenever the pandemic hit and I was all of a sudden, you know, full-time homeschooling mom, I, Emily knows that I went out and got my office space and that's what I really needed at, at the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. but you're building your cottage. I know you also had a cottage in Bermuda. So like basically everywhere you go, you get yourself a little cottage. I get myself a little cottage. I get a little something outside the home. And, you know, I also used to use cafes, which now doesn't, especially in 15 inches of snow, like I'm not going to go sit inside with a bunch of, bunch of people. <laughs> Right. This doesn't sound fun. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm renovating my cottage and of course I'm working on several books. Um, and we have, uh, you know, we have a bunch of stuff going on my business. I've got a German translations of my Sydney Ryan mysteries. Wow. Uh, we've got the first five translated and we're getting them copy edited. We're getting the covers. It's so cool. It's so fun. And so those are probably going to go live depending on the copy editor in the next two months, we're going to start publishing in Germany, which is really that's awesome. incredible. So yeah. I think also what Emily's saying, and you know, always always correct me if I'm wrong. Of course. Is, um, 
is that I often see posts from female entrepreneurs that are like, I'm out doing this with my kids. Look, I'm, you know, I'm doing it all. You know, I'm, I'm working with my kids and I am, uh, I'm working from here and I'm working from there and like, love my life, hashtag love my job, which is great if, you know, that works for you. But for some, for some of us, what I've found, like Emily's found is I need a designated space where I'm going to sit and I'm going to focus and my kids are going to know when mommy's in that space, she's unavailable. So Mm -hmm. we recently actually just moved 40 minutes from my office. So I am releasing that, um, uh, you know, releasing it that soon, also getting ready with having baby and stuff. But um, I have an entire, you know, downstairs in-home studio for these podcasts. And so they know Mm -hmm. when when mommy's down there, she's not available. And it took a little bit of time for them to get used to it. So Mm -hmm. for your kids, it might take a little bit of time and you just have to, like Emily said, be consistent, you know, nope, mommy's working. She's not available right now. And then they'll eventually learn. Right. Yeah. I think so. I mean, for me, when I'm writing fiction, if I'm in the middle of a scene and someone interrupts me, it's um, it's like I've, ste- I've, I've spent some time stepping yeah. into another world. I built the entire world around me and now I'm describing it. And so when I get interrupted during that, it's like the whole world crumbles down and I'm like, oh, what you need? No, like, I, okay. And the, but even just the, the interruption itself, right. it takes 20 minutes to get back to that fully built world. Right. So getting interrupted to, and that's one of the reasons I used to dictate is because I'd go out into the woods by myself and no one would, and I just go walk into my world. So that always worked for me. And I think that that's something that I always recommend to other writers is dictation to have that be a part of your toolbox. And I did that a lot the first year of the pandemic, when my kids were home all the time, I would just walk away. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, you can leave, you know, obviously leave your children with a trusted caregiver. (laughs) And I will say it's gotten easier for me because my oldest is 14, right? He's going to be, and then my second to oldest will be 13 when we have the next baby. So it's easier, right? Uh, for, for me, but I will say even my book that I have in the background, I've dictated a big part of it, or we took content that I shared online anyways, and put a book together. So uh, as Emily has shared before, cause I remember being in a mastermind with her, I was like, I'm so curious about your process. Like, what does a best-selling author do? And she's like, every author's process is different. I can't, you know, you can't look at mine and, and, uh, and, you know, I'm just here to tell you what, what works for me. Right. Um, something that I'm curious about is that I'm on your email list Mm -hmm. and I love, you know, you've got such good content that you put out and I noticed that there is no hard copy of your, um, of your book. Right. And so does that come from having a business? Yeah. So there's, there's paperbacks of all of my books, but I, yeah, all of my books, but I don't sell those direct because I don't sell physical objects, Right. (laughs) but I do, but Amazon does, I have a print on demand with Amazon. So basically you can buy my paperbacks from Amazon um, and they print them and they ship them and they give me a portion of the royalties, but I don't, all I do is upload those files. Um, whereas I sell my eBooks and my audiobooks directly. I also sell them on retailers, but I sell them directly to customers as well, which is unusual. Most people, most indie authors don't do that, but I really like that direct to customer thing because that way, if they have an issue, they email me and we, I get to just have this relationship with readers that you don't get if you're working only through retailers and also for advertising and everything else. If you're sending, if you're paying for Facebook ads to go to Amazon, you know, Amazon is trying to sell them the most stuff, not your book. So the landing page that Amazon creates for your book is not as, you know, it's not as good as the one I can create for my own book. 
But so I do sell the paperbacks, but I don't spend much time marketing them. They sell on their own because of the marketing I do for for my brand as a whole, basically. Right. And I I do remember, and you've mentioned at the beginning of this as well, that, uh, you know, when you started, what you used to do isn't as effective because the market's so saturated or the social media world so saturated. So how have you found that you've shifted the way that you've presented your marketing, do you feel? Well, I've had to get a lot better at branding at being at branding, which is part of the mastermind we were in visibility. I mean, it was so funny that mastermind, it was like, we're all these high multi six figure entrepreneurs and all of us have visibility issues, right? Every single one of us is somehow like not really being truly visible. And so kind of getting what visibility is, you know, working to be visible. And so, you know, my content is a big part of that really upping my content game. Uh, I do a lot more advertising. I mean, when I started self-publishing, you could set your book to free, give away 15,000 copies and then sell another 800 in the next few days because of the way the algorithms worked. And now if you give away 15,000 copies, it's like nothing. Give away 15,000 copies. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And you know, maybe 1% of those people will, or 2% or 3%, if you're really good, 3% of those people are going to go on to buy the next book. Most of them are going to download it and just never open it. Right. So I do a lot of special offers. I do box sets. I have a Facebook group um, that my business manager, Jamie Davis, who's amazing and just like a a real partner to me in my business. And she manages that for me. And, um, and so we spend a lot of time, not just trying to get new readers, but also to the readers we do have who are kind of waiting for the next book to keep them engaged and keep them interested. And that's why my emails always are interesting content. There's a pitch at the end, like here, go buy my books, but obviously a lot of people reading them have already read the books. So you still want it to be something that just, it's like me visiting with like, here's a funny little thing and that ends with a pitch, but it is like the content in of itself is quality and interesting, even without the sale pitch at the end. Yeah. I what something else that I'm hearing you say is you have somebody who's essentially like on your team, but they're a partner. Mm-hmm. They care about yes. your goals and your mission and, and your vision just as much as you. And yeah. even in your posts or what I've heard you say is she's just seems like such a source of support for you that truly believes in you and what yeah. you offer. And I would say that for me, that's been um, tremendous as well. I have a team that I feel that way. Um, and then of course we have the organic online marketing. And so my team becomes my client's team and they, I just got a message from somebody this morning. Like, I love how he answers emails and I love her and how she can get my voice. And you guys truly care about me. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. Wouldn't you say? Oh my God. I'd say that is one of the biggest, when I hired Jamie, when I met her and hired her was after my, after Juniper, when I realized I couldn't do all of the things that I'd been doing. I hadn't realized how much I was working because I didn't realize how much time I had and I didn't have that time. And then I found Jamie and we started working together and it's, I mean, we adore each other. We're also really good friends. I called her at 9am this morning about a personal problem to help her like sort my thoughts for me. You know, like, so I think that having someone like that on your team makes it so much easier because being an entrepreneur can be lonely. I mean, especially an author, like you were literally alone making up things all day. So to have someone else who not only cares about your work, but knows the industry um, and is, and Jamie and I will geek out about data and the dorkiest stuff together. Like, and we love it. And so like, we'll text each other things about, you know, data or something that no one else on the planet is interested in this text exchange. <laughs> but right. to us, it's like, we're fascinated by these little right. details that we're noticing. And I right. think that is so important. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, uh, as I mentioned, I am on your email list Mm -hmm. and I received something super special that you guys are offering right now. So what is that thing? So right now, because I sell my own books rather than through retailers, I am able to offer the first eight books in my series, which is the one to eight Sydney Rye mystery box set. And that is pay what you want. So you can literally pay what you want for it. It's retails for $39.99, but right now you can pay whatever price you want. Awesome. And the link to that will be directly in whatever platform you're listening or watching this on. The link will either be in the show notes or the description. Emily, what would you love to happen in 2022 for your series? And then how can listeners support you? Oh, that's such a sweet question. Um, I, you know, what would I love to have happen? I mean, I magic wand. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love for it to keep growing. I mean, we've had, we had explosive growth last year and I'd love to just keep that going. I love how many people are buying direct for me now. We've had over, I think over 7,000 people shop direct from my store last year, which is a huge number considering we just opened the store last year. And so that was almost half of my total sales were directly off my website. And I just love that. Um, that direct connection that I get with that. So kind of doubling that this year, have a 14,000 people buy direct off my store. <laughs> awesome. And actually while you're doing that, while you're supporting and clicking on the link that's in the, um, that you see in the description or the caption, what you're actually doing is serving yourself because number one, what you're doing is circulating uh, your finances out into the world to support other entrepreneurs. That's going to, it's, it's guaranteed to come back to you, right? But that's not why you would do it right? The other thing that we have to recommend to you is that reading fiction, especially if you're an entrepreneur, if you're anything like I, I used to be any free time that you weren't working, you'd be reading and lounging and maybe, you know, posting pictures of just relaxing, but you're reading a self-help book. You're reading a mindset book. You're reading a business strategy book. You're reading a marketing book. And let me tell you, I still consume those like an addict, but you too. (laughs) I've got my weekends and I'm like weekends, none of that stuff's happening. And it's fiction novels. And sometimes it like someone will be like, Oh, what are you reading? And I'm like, embarrassed to tell them. Right. Because it's totally pointless. Like Nicholas Sparks, let's say uh, (laughs) mystery or whatever, uh, or romantic or whatever. So losing yourself in nonfiction, like the, the type that Emily has to write has been, I would say even one of my number one ways to truly disconnect Mm-hmm. from whatever it is you're doing in your business during your on hours, whatever expectations you have, do something for the pure pleasure of taking care of yourself, which Emily said at the beginning of this interview is one of the number one ways that helped her get to the level that she's at. And I would have to concur. Um, any, any last words for our listeners from you? Yeah. You know, I read my fiction at night. So I read, I'm the same as you, the mindset, all that kind of stuff. But then every night when I get into bed, I'm reading fiction. I also will read fiction during the day, but I'm an author. It's my job. (laughs) Uh, And I actually have, uh, there's a large, a large uh, number of people who, who, um, watch this and listen to this are authors, uh, because I, you know, I get to be a regular speaker at, uh, for page publishing and, uh, Fulton books and, and other publishing houses to help authors, uh, present themselves online. So, um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to your feedback as authors and commenting. If you're an author, tell us your book, tell us uh, how we can support you. We, as Emily and myself, we both are the type to, we're just hungry for more books, right? A hundred percent. 
<laughs> but I cannot remind you enough. Number one, click on the link uh, to get your get your bundle pack. I love hard books. I love audiobooks when I'm traveling. I'm not traveling much right now. So I will be going to look for that hard cover bundle from Amazon and so that I can support you and Thank get you. lost in your series, especially because the dog doesn't die, right? Yes, that's <laughs> Which I see often in your content. Um, but I also want to thank our sponsors for this episode, which is the Confident Woman Collective, for which I am one of the guides. So if you are looking to get to your 30K, 40K, 50K months while being fully present for your family and faith, I highly recommend that you also support our sponsors. Join the Confident Woman Collective, for which I am a guide and I will show up live. Thank you, Emily, for being here thank with you. us. Bye, everyone.